If you're like me and you're torn between the love my body at any size movement and the, if I love my body, I need to make healthier choices to feel good too thought process, then you're in the right place. It's every day now that someone out there is telling us the next best thing on TikTok or Instagram ads are showing us another shortcut and it is exhausting. How about we heal our relationship with our bodies, exercise and food and give ourselves grace along the way. Let's do this together and celebrate the small stuff. Welcome to A Healthy Dose with Sadie Tolbert. Ah, yes. Well, you know, jokes about going to the bathroom are not my favorite, but they're a solid number two. Ha ha ha. So today we're talking about our gut health, which is once again, a big subject. So I'm going to do a little bit of an overview here. And then um, I have a bunch of ideas on how to get a little bit more specific so that it doesn't feel like it's this huge, you know, daunting thing to try to work on gut health in general. And so this, I feel like is one of those subjects that people don't really always tend to, to understand is a problem until something serious happens. Um, I'd met somebody that, you know, his whole life felt like all he ever did was go to the bathroom once a week. And when you think of that, you know, and by itself, you're like, isn't that a red flag? But if that's all they've ever known, since they were a kid, you know, why would they think anything was wrong? And of course, like we would think if that happened to us right now out of nowhere, then it would probably be uncomfortable and and have a lot of uh, additional feelings along with that. But yeah, you never know what people are used to. Some people are very interested in um, their consistency. Some people are very interested in, in frequency. Some people are really interested in their how much gas they have and all these things. And so all of it ties in with different parts of what's going on in your body. So to kind of, you know, give an overview, um, your digestive system is basically everything from your mouth to the exit. I'm going to, I would love to use very medical terms here, but I, I want to make sure that this stays a clean podcast. Um, I have a military background. I've worked in the ER. I love to have conversations where it's maybe not so clean, but I hope that you understand everything that I say, because I'm going to allude to a lot of things without using the actual medical term just so that, you know, nobody is being super uncomfortable. And I really, because I want there to be uh, education and, and you get something out of this and not feel distracted by the words that I'm saying. So your digestive st- system starts it turns on as soon as you start eating anything. And it it begins with enzymes that are being released through your saliva to help break down the food. And so that's where, you know, people can start having problems is, you know, are you producing the enzymes? Do you have saliva? Are you hydrated enough? Are you chewing properly? You know, a lot of us just inhale our food because we get hungry and they're not actually chewing everything to a small enough size that our bodies can actually pull out those nutrients. So if you've ever juiced or put anything into a smoothie, you know, really like pulverizes everything and it really gets that nutrients down. So you have a much higher chance of absorbing things like that than if you, you know, are eating something really fast and just kind of, you know, chew, chew, swallow. 
So once you've swallowed the food, it moves down through your esophagus, which is right alongside your trachea, which is where you breathe and stuff. So the, the two tubes are right next to each other. So you ever, if you ever like, oh, that went down the wrong tube, you know, and drank something or inhaled a piece of rice or something, it's not fun. It's not comfortable. But basically all that's stopping those is just a little kind of flap that you control um, that turns on time to breathe versus time to swallow. So it goes down your esophagus. This is where people can tend to have, um, sometimes they'll have ulcers. Sometimes uh, you can feel heartburn in that area. So this this is something that you know we want to protect by um, really just listening to when we get that heartburn and handling it before it starts turning into damage. Um, it's gonna your food's gonna pass through this again. Kind of a the term is sphincter. I hope that doesn't make you uncomfortable. But that goes into your stomach, and this is your true organ that is your stomach. And it, again, there's a lot of uh, enzymes secreted here. There is your stomach acid. And acid pH can be off. I mean, there's a lot that can go wrong inside the stomach here. Your stomach can stretch on average to hold like four pounds of food or something like that. And, and you know, you'll always hear people talk about like, oh, my stomach stretched out or I have to, you know, eat very little to get my stomach to shrink back down. And it's not exactly like, like a rubber band here, you know, but there is there is a lot that you can pack into that stomach. And depending on how quick that food empties from your stomach into your small intestine can depend on when you get hungry again or when you feel full. So there are hormones in your body that signal when you are hungry and when you are full. And the stretch hormone in your stomach there will tell you when, hey, we don't need any more food. We're full. Like, don't pack anything else in here. But we still have free will, right? So, you know, when we always say and joke about having that extra room in your stomach for pie or for dessert or whatever, technically it's it's usually because you've given yourself some time to start digesting that food because you don't go straight from dinner to dessert. So depending on how quick you are emptying that gastric um, fluid and, and all of the, the food that's in your stomach there, that's when you can start feeling some hunger again. But moves into your small intestine. And from here, it goes to different parts of your intestine. The entire time that it's rolling through all of this rope that we all remember learning about in school, where it's so long and all this stuff, it is pulling out different nutrients. It's really turning it into much more of like a, a liquid. It's, it's pulling out all of the vitamins and different things like that. And then it's going to hit your colon. And this is where stool is formed. And so I think I feel like this is where a lot more problems can occur. You can have um, little pockets in your colon that can collect food bits, and that can be really uncomfortable. That's called diverticulitis. And when if get, one gets infected, it's diverticulosis. So we've all known somebody that's had something like that. And then it, this is where you know you feel bloated, or or you can have something that. It's like a mega colon. So you end up holding a lot of stool there. And so it can really be uncomfortable. And this is this is where all of the liquid is pulled out and it's formed into a solid. So if you end up having a liquid bowel movement, it's basically your body 
did not spend any time in that colon forming it, which means that it, it thought evacuate, evacuate, get it out, get it out. And so it did not end up forming. Now, if you end up having a really, really hard stool, then you're not drinking enough water. And so it can sit there for a long time. It can feel like you have rocks in your stomach. It can be really uncomfortable. You can have constipation, things like that. And just as a quick definition of constipation, um, it's not that you didn't go today. Um, people who are constipated are people who cannot go. And a lot of people will will use that term more loosely and throw it out and be like, oh, I'm, I'm constipated today. And it's like, no, when was the last time you have a bowel movement? Oh, two days ago. Okay. Do you have the urge? Like there's multiple follow-on questions to find out if it's actual constipation or if it's just, I don't go on a regular basis because your body's not trained and figured out how to tell you when it needs to go. And so basically the key to have this good BM in your colon area is is to make sure that you are drinking enough water and having enough fiber because fiber is what helps to firm it up. And so if you're having softer but not liquid, then you need more fiber. And so it's really, it's this intense balance that we all need to focus on. And it it takes work. It takes time. You know, if you're noticing something, you can change things up. And how we fiber basically feeds that good bacteria that lives in your colon. It's called normal flora. It's it's supposed to be there. And the way that I like to talk about this aspect of your colon is, is it's this big, beautiful garden. And there's tons of wildlife there. There's tons of different flowers and trees and bushes and grass and all these different like structures. And, and it's this gorgeous garden. And if you eat something that your body doesn't agree with, it takes fire and it will blow out a big section of this garden. And now you have to rebuild it. And so if you, you know, have spicy food, sometimes that might do it for you. And not everybody, sometimes, you know, Mexican or really, uh, um, like dairy or different things like that, whatever your body deems as this is fire, it's ruining, you know, this beautiful garden. Um, there are ways to like combat that and digestive enzymes and like different things that you can take, but really ultimately it's, it's rebuilding that back and keeping it tended very well and, and following along. And I mean, I'm a big advocate for having a journal. So if you're somebody that's like, I can't seem to get a handle on what's going on, just take notes every day and recognize what works, what doesn't work. Um, there's a lot of gut supplements out there. There's a lot of things that help with digestive support, things like that. A couple of the, the very uh, generic plain things that I like to tell people about is um, having aloe, aloe vera and drink that like first thing in the morning. So not only when you wake up, should you be having some water, but if you pair that with some aloe vera, this is a very kind of slippery, um, very good healing liquid that you can put in your body. A lot of people use it for burns on, on your skin, but uh, you can drink it. Make sure you find one that doesn't have any additional sugar or anything in it. It doesn't really have a taste, so you can add it and mix it with whatever, but have that in the morning and that's really going to help basically lubricate your entire system and work its way through just to kind of wake up your body for the day. And then I always recommend that people are 
watching how much fiber they put into their body every day. So women should have between 20 and 30 grams and men should have up to 40. On average, I think I read somewhere like the average American has like 16 a day or something like that. So we definitely get less than what we think. And if you're not sure what has fiber in it, um, just start looking at the back of a, of a, you know, nutrition label or do a quick Google. There's tons of different images out there that say like six things you didn't know had fiber in it. And of course, fruits and vegetables, uh, healthy grains, things like that. But, um, just take a couple of days where you just count fiber only. You don't have to count anything else. Just look at how much fiber you're getting in that day and really just see, you know, what, changes if you add a little bit more in or if you add a little bit less in. If you're really worried about not getting fiber in through your food, there are supplements out there for fiber. Some are better than others. You just have to decide what's important to you. When We'll do a whole episode about supplements, but you have to decide what is important to you. And then, you know, of course, give it a try and see what works. So it's always hard when you buy, you know, a canister or a bottle of, of any sort of supplement because once you've committed to it, you kind of have to go through the whole thing, even if you don't like it. So anyway, that is kind of a big overview about, you know, just gut health in general. Um, I'm going to break this down into different pieces, but I hope that it kind of helps you understand a little bit more about what's going on when you start to consume food and how your body is breaking it down and, and where you might have some issues. So if you're struggling with heartburn right now, or if you're struggling with, you know, different consistencies in your bowel movements, or if you are, you know, just having a hard time, um, this is something that can be corrected. You know, sometimes it takes a little bit of time, but don't, you know, give up or, or don't run out and buy everything that there is for gut health on the store at GNC. Like, like sit down with somebody like me or somebody that you trust that knows a lot of information about, uh, you know, gut and gut support and they come up with a plan. So, Hope you guys have a fantastic day and uh, oh, I can make another joke here, but I think I'm just going to leave it up to your imagination. So talk to you later. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you haven't yet, please subscribe for more and leave a review. If you got something great out of today, please share with your family and friends. And as always, please remember to consult with your primary care provider if you have any questions or concerns. This podcast is meant to be educational and based off of my experience. Have a great day. You are unique and amazing and beautiful.